You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Tempo Film. I'm Steve. And I'm John. And he's coming back for another week of the VHS podcast that looks at the box art, trailers, and behind the scene. This week we're doing another animated Batman film. Uh, a little bit, about five years, four or five years past The Mass of the Phantasm. And this time we're looking at Batman and Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero. You wanted more and it's here. Batman and Mr. Freeze. Sub-Zero, deep within the frozen Arctic. Nora! The love of Victor Freeze was shattered. There aren't any deceased donors that match. Then we'll have to use a live donor. Hi, Dad. Sorry I'm late. Hang on. <gasps> An all-new feature-length adventure. Batman animation beyond anything you've seen before. I want my daughter found. Don't worry, sir. We're on it. Brace yourself. If I'm not back in time, go without me. What? Wait! Look out! Barbara! Sub-Zero. From Warner Brothers Family Entertainment. Own it. Only on video. So, John... How many times had you seen this before I made you watch it? <laughs> uh, I, I had started, but I think I've only finished it once. There was parts of it that seemed familiar, but uh, I didn't remember the overall story at all. So I think I started it and just never finished. I just never even watched it. Uh, I guess I was at Batman fatigue at this point, maybe you could say. Uh, it was a weird film how it came out, because originally it was supposed to come come out kind of like as a companion piece with the Batman and Robin film, the Joel Schumacher one. But that was received so poorly that uh, WB decided to delay it one year, kind of like distance it from that. And then it came out, I believe, in 98. And direct-to-video, they didn't even bother with sending it to the theater. This one seems much more like it was meant to be in the theater. Yeah, they have the cutting-edge or state-of-the-art animation at the time, so they had a lot more CG in it, where especially vehicles and buildings were all done mm -hmm. in CG. I had never even actually heard of it until in the last, I maybe say, like five or six years. I didn't even know it was around until then. Yeah, I think it just came and went real quick. I don't really remember any marketing for this, because uh, I watched the trailer oh. for the first time. So, I don't know. And it's kind of weird, too, because it was coming out of the time, I believe, this is when the Superman series was maybe ending or still going. Yeah, then the Superman animated series came about the same way that the Batman animated series came about. Yeah, and somewhere around there was the Just... Didn't they do a Justice League, too? Yeah, they had a couple of those. They had a Justice League one. I think they had one called something like Justice League Unlimited. Uh, but those, I think, were a little bit later. And it was still the same kind of style. But, the, like, Batman had really tall horn. You know, their their look changed ever so slightly. But they were all usually voiced by the same actors and actresses. That's actually why, because uh, when I first started watching this, I was surprised to see that Bruce Timm and Paul Dini weren't a part of it because they did the animated series and 
they were helping produce and direct the Mask of the Phantasm. So I was wondering, oh, oh this is going to be way different. And the little search I did was saying that Bruce Tim was involved with the Superman series at the time, and that's probably why he wasn't a part of the movie. Yeah, and this was this is the end, kind of like just the bookend of the Batman animated series, mm-hmm. in my view. Because after that, you know, we had the uh, Batman Beyond. Yeah, and I don't remember much about Batman Beyond. It seemed like a cool premise, but it was kind of. Um, I remember we were either in tail end of high school or in college at that time, so watch even though we went to school for animation uh our like saturday morning cartoon watching wasn't really you know there part of our daily lives so no we were recovering uh, from hangovers <laughs> yeah couldn't be stirred awake at those times no i was definitely into different types of animation i got into like especially at the beginning of college i started to get into the the weird the weird stuff uh started a little trail away from the you know more popular Cartoon Network. Well, Cartoon Network is actually where I got a lot of my weird stuff, but it was later yeah, at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because I remember Justice League, I believe, was on Cartoon Network. Yeah, because it bounced around, and they even did bring back another... With the animated series, there was the Batman and Robin animated series for a while. Yeah. And they came back, and then there's one where his look was a little bit different. Again, it was like it had like a hiatus for a time and came back. Yeah, you're right. They went through. I got a list right now. I just found uh, Batman, the animated series that was from 92 to 94. Then we had Superman, the animated series, and that was from 96 to 98. And I will always relate that. This is not fair to the series runners or anything. I will always relate that to the horrific Batman 64 Nintendo 64 game. (laughs) I never played it, but I, I heard I heard horror stories. Oh, it's atrocious. Uh, and then you had the new Batman animated series, or the new Batman Adventures. And that one was yeah. really short, like 24 episodes. Okay. The showrunner by Bruce Timm, too. He's done a lot of them. He did a, he even did like a CG Green Lantern show for, I think that had two seasons. It looked like, uh, you know, it looked like the same way they were drawn, except it was CG. Of course, you know, he was on the uh, Young Justice. He was a help with that. And he had our one of our favorite uh costumed heroes the flaming sea with his ever steaming hand mitt or oven mitt and <laughs> all that stuff so uh, he actually created that with conan um they animated <laughs> him into some of the series we had batman beyond from 99 to 2000 that was that one i had a decent amount i mean i guess three seasons uh but two of the okay. seasons were just 13 episodes oh okay Oh, it's yeah, 52. Looks like they had 52 episodes. That's a pretty good amount. Static Shock. That one, I do not remember. The title sounds familiar, but I don't think I saw that one. It says Kids WB, but aren't they all Kids WB? That was on the trailer before uh, this one. Uh, I had forgotten watching the trailer on it. I had been, oh my gosh, I forgot that spot all the time. Yeah. It was the WWWB. Yep. Yeah. Then we got the Zeta Project. Yeah, I'd never heard of that one before. And then Justice League, which started in 2002, ran to 2003. That one had a decent amount. Yeah, that had, that had over 60 episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah, the I remember the Justice League being really popular uh, when mm-hmm. we were in college. And right after that was the Justice League Unlimited, which really confused me because I remember someone trying to explain it to me. They're like, no, no, there's Justice League. Uh, but now there's the JLU, which is the Justice League Unlimited. 
I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is <laughs> <laughs> this like a, a supersized version? What What is this? Well, it's a, it's a crossover. It's also got Batman Beyond in it. And I'm like, you can just stop talking. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have seen that episode. There's one where, I, and I don't remember if if they've traveled in time or something, but there is Batman, and then there is also, you know, old Bruce Wayne, who's, you know, helping uh, Batman Beyond. I don't know that guy's name. Well, I always get confused, too, because the, the movies, because you have Mass of the Phantasm, Sub-Zero, mm-hmm. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, Batman Mystery yeah. of the Batwoman, mm-hmm. which I forgot about. That like just was gone from my mind. And then when I saw it, just the cover of it, when I was doing some research, I was like, holy shit, I remember that. Like, I didn't see it, mm-hmm. but I just like remember like a flash of it. And I'm like, man, that is gone. It's funny how like we just control delete that stuff sometimes. And then seeing it, you're like, it's just kind of you feel it sucked back into your brain and your brain has to make more room for that memory again. You're like, ugh. Uh, we had Batman and Harley Quinn, which was 2017. I don't think I saw this one. That one has Nightwing in it, so it's the grown-up Robin mm-hmm. who is on his own, and they have to team up with Harley Quinn and you know f- uh, fight alongside her. Yeah, there's so many like just going through all these these animated uh, films and series. It's so the DC AU, which is the you know, DC animated universe pretty strong running uh and mm-hmm. i i have not seen i've seen some of these uh but man there's a lot of them that i'm just going down the list i'm not even going to read through them there's a ton mm-hmm. pretty impressed yeah a lot of good ones a lot of them are just you know animated versions of famous comic books like uh, batman year one you've got superman all-star uh, a lot of those are great did you ever play the Adventures of Batman and Robin uh, for Super Nintendo? I played, I, I want to say it was on Sega and we rented it once, maybe. I think it I was on Sega, one. yeah. And I just remember the, I remember the uh, fighting the Joker on like a, a roller coaster. And it was difficult enough to where I kind of didn't want to play it anymore. I got all the way to the end of this and never beat it. It pissed me off. We ended up taking it back from renting it. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't know why. I don't remember this game particularly being that good. I just was yeah. obsessed with beating it for some reason. And I mm-hmm. never did to this day. Every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, I made it all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember we returned it to the video store and someone or some multiple people kept renting it over and over. And I just never got my hands back on it. And then, you know, it just like went away. Like I just gave mm-hmm. up. I'm like, it's not worth it. But do you still feel a little bit of that, like, uh, right now? A little bit. There's part of me that wishes <laughs> I could beat it, just, like, go play it. But, I mean, I could probably fire up an emulator. Yeah. But, uh, I guess getting into this film, starting with the cover art. Now, we just went through our history. Neither of us had really seen it. You'd seen parts of it, but just, like, skipped over it. I don't like this cover. It is really goofy. Yeah, and th- I think that's this is what gave me the idea that it was much more of like a straight little kids TV show. Just the way the Sub Zero and the Batman logo is, it just to me screams like that is for a six year old, and uh, so I just was never really interested in watching it. Yeah, and then you watch the film and you're like, whoa, this is this is not for six year olds or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This may be the most violent uh, Batman animated series. 
you know, show, movie, whatever that is related to it. I think this is the most violent and this isn't even rated. Yeah, I saw that, that it, it had the logo, but uh, to this day still has no, no one knows what it's rated. <laughs> I just wonder if they avoided it because it's it's pretty violent. I mean, there was blood in Mass of the Phantasm, but for some reason, this one just feels more menacing violence. Yeah, like they're kidnapping Barbara. I mean, they're kidnapping someone and then they're going to do, uh, you know, they're going to steal her whatever. I don't even know what organ, but they're going to steal her organ and it may kill her. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They never they never say what organ it is, but there's not many you can do without. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you going to replace her organ? You're just going to leave her in a bathtub? Yeah. Bathtub ice. A note. Hey, thanks. Thanks for all the help. Yeah. I mean, yeah, looking at this cover, it's, it's it's really goofy. You've got the the two polar bears in the background. Then you got Mr. Freeze's wife, Nora, Nora Freeze. The Batman symbol, which is a lot like Tim Burton's, by the way. Yeah. It's got Sub-Zero, you know, like the ice carved into it. The back tells you more of the story. You're like, oh, this is from the animated series look. Mm-hmm. I just don't get why they didn't go with that in the front. You can tell, like, it's that same design for Mr. Freeze, but... It looks like it's a painting instead of like a two-dimensional. When, funny enough, I going and doing the research, Mike Mignola helped uh, design that look for the animated series. Yeah, I just go go with the go with the Batman animated series look. It's worked. You know, the Mask of the Phantasm rented really well. Mm -hmm. Why? Why not? I don't know. Why change that? But. And I wonder, too, if because they have, instead of the uh, soundtrack, the typical soundtrack from the animated series, they have Danny Elfman's Batman mm-hmm. uh, song from the 89 movie at the very beginning. And it actually almost emulates the opening. Yes. Uh, very similarly. That's one of my notes when we get into this. I was okay. like, uh, copy. why are they copying the bat? I don't know. We'll get into that. It's, it's yeah. just odd to me. There's a lot of oddities in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting into the description here, we've got the ultimate Batman adventure explodes into nonstop animated action when the Cape Crusaders chilling nemesis, Mr. Freeze, returns to Gotham City and kidnaps Batgirl. In their desperate quest to unravel the mystery, Batman and Robin discover Batgirl's disappearance is all part of Mr. Freeze's frigidly fiendish plot to help his dying wife. He will do whatever it takes to save her even if it means putting Batgirl on ice forever. See, on ice, see? He's going to just leave her in a bathtub. We are right. With the time ticking away, Batman and Robin embark on a blazing high-tech rescue mission, leading to an unforgettable, heart-stopping showdown with the cold-blooded madman. Powered by state-of-the-art animation and pulsing with action-packed excitement, Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero delivers cool, cutting-edge entertainment and thrilling suspense. I do have one bone to pick, another one. The title's weird. Batman and Mr. Freeze, subtitle, Sub-Zero. Why yeah. don't you just call this Batman Sub-Zero? It implies like they're working together and they're definitely not. Yeah, and was Mr. F- I guess because this is you know supposed to be coming off the coattails of the Batman and Robin movie with Arnold as Mr. Freeze, I guess they just really wanted everyone to know Mr. Freeze is in this and maybe Sub-Zero they thought wasn't enough. But it's just a bad title. And I feel like he's really not, almost not even in the movie a whole lot to, for him to share the title. <laughs> anyway, putting this tape in. 
now available on video and DVD. We have a lot of trailers. This one's really packed with trailers, and you just watched them. So you mm-hmm. you got the Warner Brothers 75th anniversary promo. Seen this a lot. Mm-hmm. And they're just doing a clip show. Yeah, it's like a montage of clips. Yeah, and then uh, Quest for Camelot. I, I don't think I've seen this. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> when I popped it, I was like, how did I miss this? Yeah, I have no memory of that. Yeah, the thing that caught me off guard was next was the Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner movie. I was confused, and then I realized mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of the more popular cartoons. Yeah, it's just a collection. Yeah, all all playing probably, uh, especially if it's on tape, it just plays one after the other. A lot of those are Chuck Jones ones, it seemed like. And I guess this originally came out in 79, and then they just re-released it here in 97. I imagine parents buying it for their children. They're like, this is what I watched when I was your age. I ended up getting uh, some of the collections on DVD where they'd be, you know, like six or seven discs for, you know, volume one, two, three, so on and so forth. Yeah. It was pretty much that, except it was just that you could go through and choose episodes. And volume one was, you know, primarily like, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. And then as the volumes continued, you'd kind of get into like the less popular characters where there'd be, you know, one whole disc has primarily, you know, Froghorn, Leghorn and, you know, Tweety and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Next was Selena from 97, Jennifer Lopez uh, and James Olmos is in it as her dad. I watched this in high school, like a high school class. I want to say like choir. That would make sense. Pretty damn popular at the time. No, it's funny because I remember Selena coming out and I remember being like, who is that and why is she a big deal? <laughs> Had no idea really anything about her until I was much older. And then uh, the kids WWE promos, which we talked about earlier. Yeah, those mm-hmm. things are such a blast from the past. Kids WB invites you to have a smashing good time. If you're gonna dub, I'm gonna do the dub thing. I'm gonna join the dub club where the dub dub is king. Enough. If I hear the word dub one more time, I'll. Dub a dub a dub a dub a. Dub a dub a dub a dub a. Every weekday and every weekend, drop in on Kids Dubba Dubba WB. Yeah, just the uh, yeah the animation over the live video and the color scheme and the angles. It's mm-hmm. you know there's a little bit of like the in living color flair like of the of their set that the dancers would dance in. It kind of reminded yep. me of that a little bit. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, getting into this film. And now our feature presentation. So we find out Mr. Freeze is just chilling, I guess, in one of the poles. I don't know if it's the South Pole, Antarctica. I can't remember. He's got himself a a friend, a little kid. He's just got two polar bears that are basically like dogs that just follow him around. I don't know how he got polar bears to do that, but that's uh, pretty incredible. Domesticated polar bears. Yeah. Out of all the animals in the world, a polar bear is one that I've wanted to give a no pun intended bear hug to. I know it would be the last thing I'd ever do in my life, but it's just, they look like a, like a big hug. Well, not if but, it was uh, sedated. Maybe if we go to the zoo, we tell them that you're dying, it's your last wish, and <laughs> and then naturally we get caught and we have to go into a, scenario, you know, a road comedy scenario of getting yeah. away, getting yeah. away with it. Uh, yeah, it's we're, we're driving across country, <laughs> assuming different identities. 
all because I wanted to hug a polar bear. We we try to get away and we accidentally have the polar bear in the back of a van. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And we're like, how it's are we going to get this polar bear back? <laughs> yeah. It becomes a buddy movie. And then, uh, you know, they let us keep the polar bear because the adventure, we've bonded with it so much that it now doesn't need to be sedated to hug and show emotion anymore. These men have bonded with this bear. <laughs> All the bear puns with it. Yeah, There's no, that's us thinking bear too. love. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we only have the bear essentials. <laughs> right. Giving a high five paw or whatever. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this sounds like a 90s direct-to-video like animal oh, movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually the sequel to Sub-Zero. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because the bears had names. Yeah. Uh, I only picked up one. I, I already forgot it. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I just thought that was hilarious. Was yeah, like, oh, they were slightly really- different colors. So you can, you know, determine one from the other. I did just like watching them, how they were constantly just like with their mouth open, trying to catch salmon swimming around and they just kept missing. <laughs> so they're just swimming around with their mouths open, almost like they're yelling the whole time. <laughs> Uh, and then Mr. Freeze just straight up murders an entire submarine of people. Yeah. There's uh-huh. like 30 men in there. He just freezes them all. Right. Uh, well, I mean, well, they did almost kill his frozen, already dead wife. Kind of dead. Maybe not dead. <laughs> yeah. because eh, Kind of depends on what you read. I mean, this is after the Tim Burton opening, which confused the yes. shit out of me. Yeah, it was just like the 89 Batman. It had that, you know, zoom in and it's the camera panning around the logo with the Danny Elfman uh, uh, music playing. It was like they were purposely trying to emulate that. I almost like if I wasn't watching this for the podcast, I probably would have been like, I'm just going to turn on the 89 Batman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I'm going to watch that now. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, my note is they re-killed Nora? Question mark. What have you done? Yes. The movie, everything else, Nora's dead. And this is what makes Mr. Freeze, you know, obviously he's a guy who freezes stuff and he's, but he's cold for a reason because he lost the only good thing in his life. Mm -hmm. He he shouldn't be mean, but I guess now that they've almost killed her, it causes him to be mean. Yeah. Very confusing. I mean, that's kind of one of the things I always liked about Mr. Freeze was that he wasn't necessarily like a bad guy. He was just, you know... He just wanted to save his wife, and he did bad things because of it. It seemed, especially at the beginning, like he's he's just buddy-buddy with some polar bears, and he's even got a little kid, kind of like Short Round, the yeah. Alaskan version of Short Round. Never explained <laughs> or anything like that. He's getting salmon for him, and like they're friends, and yeah, this, the submarine emerging into his ice layer and, you know, causing her capsule to break and breach and, you know, so now she's exposed to the world and not frozen anymore. And it kind of accelerates the plot to, you know, he's got to save her. Were you disappointed that like when he froze people, we didn't have puns like the Iceman cometh? Or I, I kind of was wanting that little kid to be like, hey, you call him Mr. Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stay cool, bird boy. <laughs> yeah, right. None of oh. those. All yeah. right, everybody, chew. <laughs> yeah. You're not sending me to the cooler. Yeah, exactly. Looks like the bat bird has flown the coop. Oh, man. One of the ones I always remember, because it's just like Arnold looks so weird. 
in that. And, you know, I, I in my brain, I was like, stay away from Arnold, stay away. But now that we've opened this uh, box, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, like when he was looking at the diamond and he was in his robe, he's like, allow me to break the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just looks so freaking weird yeah. in that makeup. He was really stretching his acting chops on that one. I haven't heard him talk about that. I, I wonder what he says about that role. He would probably say he probably he probably had a blast doing it. Like, well, this is what they want. I feel like I would just, you know, dial it up to 11 and uh, go from there. I forgot Robin was part of the animated series. I don't know why, but I think at the tail end of it, they introduced, you know, like Batgirl, Robin. It was as it as the animated series progressed, they introduced those people. And um, yeah, I, I kind of was like, I always liked those uh, with Robin. Uh, you know, I always thought Robin was cool growing up. And so when he showed up in this, I was, you know, the little kid in me was like, oh yeah, great. You know, and I kind of got more excited about it when commissioner gordon calls him dick i giggle and that was one thing that was different from this movie compared to mask of the phantasm like this one you could tell had a little bit more direct-to-video quality when you're an adult and you go back and looking at a cartoon with you know fresh eyes you can be like "Ooh, you know that's doesn't look like my memory of it is and this one especially was that way where some of the animation just wasn't as good quality if if I had to nitpick about something, it's still great. And I still love it. And there's lots of great stuff in it, but it just wasn't on par quality wise. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm. The The script needed another pass, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's some things I'm like, I mean, the, the whole bringing back Nora to life just makes no sense to me. Yeah, because we, we get a doctor in her, like an evil. I don't even know if the doctor's evil. He just he's not, he, but he gets turned pretty easily and quickly. It seems like. Yeah, he goes into this really quick just to get the gold. So he's he's doing it for he's doing evil things for money. So I mean that's a bad guy. I mean he helps kidnap this woman, Barbara. Yeah, he gets so he gets uh, recruited by Victor Freeze because they used to be partners and they used to work together before the accident that turned Victor Freeze into Mr. Freeze. And so he recruits him to help save his his wife's wife's life. Oof. And so while he's trying to help him out, they realize that, you know, she needs not only a blood transfusion, but uh, she needs an organ uh, organ transplant, which they never uh, list. And funny enough, they keep saying that her blood type is really rare and it's actually it's a b negative which can be i think distributed to every like it's one that can be is like a universal donor i want to say <laughs> it can be given to everybody but i don't think they can receive it, it's one of those where it's it's more universal than they than they saw and made it out to be yeah they should have just made up a blood type <laughs> that'd have been funny yeah so one of the rarest on the planet so rare she's people got, don't even know about it yeah she's got k she's got blood type k she's got killer blood type (laughs) yeah i don't know why it's i don't know why it's reagan is saying it (laughs) president reagan is like "Mm." (laughs) it comes back out of nowhere (laughs) the movie's so fast i mean they take Mm -hmm. barbara which does not play a damsel in distress she's constantly fighting back constantly trying to get away i like that yeah i agree so i mean she she did her part as bat girl um and she's like 20 at this time so not mm-hmm. quite bat woman mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and she's she's introduced into the film as that way her character is 
fighting off some bad guys. She's saving like a college girl from a bunch of just guys and she's fighting them off and then, you know, catches up to the party as Barbara. And then you never see her as Batgar, like in the Batgirl costume the rest of the movie. Yes, but thanks to the IMDb trivia, IMDb trivia, we know that Barbara's <laughs> always wearing blue. Yes, because there's blue in her costume. What kind of trivia is that? That's just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> trivia. This movie is animated. <laughs> no shit. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> one out of one people found that interesting. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And then, the, and then it's written in there twice. Someone had to write it in there twice, too. I'm just assuming the person at the bottom just didn't read any of them. They're like, oh, I, yeah. I know this really good trivia. But no, that's not trivia, man. <laughs> yeah. Or a woman. I don't know who wrote that, but All right. not trivia. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Batman is a superhero. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> Six out of one million people found that interesting. <laughs> let's let's just go ahead and write that in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it down even farther. (laughs) Yes. This one's the best. Belson wears the same outfit as Tux throughout the whole film. (laughs) I I marked that not interesting. (laughs) I need to do the same. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to break that person's heart. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mom, I put this on here and it says... Zero out of two people found it interesting. <laughs> Those two bastards. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what we do, folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Barbara's captured. She doesn't play damsel in distress. They're on an oil rig like five miles offshore, mm-hmm. which is fun. You know, you got a place that you can travel. Plus, you can do all the 3D animation with the oil rig and Batman's plane flying to rescue them. Then we get down there, and one of the things I find fascinating is there's still fuel or oil here. Why? When they shut it down, wouldn't they just drain it all? Right. You know, one of those things that it's hard for us to live without. Barrels and barrels of it in there. Yeah, so it's what causes the fire, and then it's Barbara gets away, but Nora... Well, you think Nora's going to die... This whole thing, I, I was like, wow, are they going to kill Mr. Freeze on this? Like saving his wife or something? And right. they didn't. Though, you know what? I find Mr. Freeze as an, a very interesting villain. You know, his motivation and everything like that. But I don't find him interesting enough to lead the film uh, as yeah. the, like, the lead villain. I think you need another villain with him. I feel like the, that... Uh that guy who who interestingly enough wears his tux throughout the whole film yeah, it's Belson. almost like they sh- yeah they share the same amount of screen time it feels like there wasn't much to him like there wasn't a whole lot of background and stuff so if people are seeing it not knowing anything the one thing i like about batman movies uh, or i should say the animated movies is i like that they don't do the whole like saving the world stuff mm-hmm. typically it's someone blowing something up or Mm -hmm. mafia bosses being murdered or trying to save his wife here all right so i like that because typically in like superman stuff or wonder woman it's like saving the world Mm -hmm. because they're so strong i guess they're like well we need something bigger i like it because batman's human and it's typically just stopping a criminal from doing something you know personal Mm -hmm. so trivia batman is a hero who has no superpowers there you go 
one out of one found that interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's the same. This guy shares the same name with the author of this piece yeah. of trivia. <laughs> they didn't kill Mr. Freeze. Everyone gets away. But uh, we were joking about this off air that somehow the polar bear survived and Mr. Freeze. And we were trying to figure out how. So I looked up. So polar bears are only live in the Arctic. So they're up north. They're not mm-hmm. down south. If they're five miles offshore, you know, are they? can they swim all the way to, like, Alaska, to, to parts of Canada? Because this Gotham is in New York, according to the map and what they're saying on uh, on the screen. So so you got to have two polar bears and Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. Now, we saw them on land at the end of it because we find out that Nora has actually been rescued by uh, Wayne Enterprises, who got mm-hmm. her a... A new organ. So I yeah. guess she's alive. My whole thing is, like, wouldn't that make Mr. Freeze want to go to Nora? Yeah. But it looks like they're, like, having him walk to the Arctic through Canada. That's just our assumption. We don't know. Wherever they're at, it's very cold. There's a, a, clearly a blizzard outside. You know, two guys at this outpost or whatever are watching the news all bundled up. And, yeah, so Mr. Freeze finds out his wife is still alive. Yeah, you think he would want to go after her. It seems, though, like it's it's got to be somewhat recent after the whole climax of, on the oil rig because his leg is broken during that, and he's made himself a cast out of ice. On his yeah, leg. but and he doesn't have his ice gun. That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, oh, how? Yeah. How did he do that? That's pretty much all I have to say about the film is after that. It, it's not as good as Mass of the Phantasm, but I was no. pleasantly surprised because I thought it was going to be bad. It, it, I mean, it had some flaws, but overall, it, it kept my attention as an adult. Uh, it didn't get super goofy. It, it's got a lot of action. It's, you know, it's it's Batman, the animated series form. Mm-hmm. It's, it's That's enough to make it fun, but it's a Mr. Freeze movie. Honestly, uh, Batman mm-hmm. and Robin are side characters. Yeah, and there's, I mean, they try to have like a like a love story between Barbara and Dick Grayson. Yeah, they're just not, you know, it's not circling where they're, you know, on screen the majority of the time or anything like that. They're, yeah, more of a side character, like you say. Commissioner Gordon really wants uh, her and Dick to get together. Yeah, he is really that's like a whole hard. out of the way speech. It's a little too pushy. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you get the first dance with the next one's all you know i'm doing it i don't think so i don't think so and then he's like ha ah. he's like likes that response he's like has that still framed smile yeah he's like ah. desperately trying to uh i would say like marriage or whatever stuff like that and i'm like she's 20 calm down yeah <laughs> time to go to the museum <laughs> This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back. This is the second wing of our Batman animated series in the uh, in the museum here. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to beat you to the punch. Uh, sure. I think it's, it's not a full lump of coal, but I really didn't like them bringing... Nora back to life and then saving her life at the end. 
it doesn't make any sense. You you just killed Mr. Freeze's backstory. And it didn't feel like it's enough to where like they've they wanted to completely close the chapter on his character and just not have him, you know, because, yeah, then he has no longer need to be Mr. Freeze. And it, it wasn't enough to like having him and it wasn't even it's like they tried to do a walking into the sunset, but it was walking into the night of a you know snowstorm shot but i just didn't that didn't feel like a good enough ending to like end the character for good yeah i mean honestly i think you just take his life and then that's what saves nora or just don't show us that he's alive you know he like sacrificed himself to save her you know the love of his life that's the whole what he's been trying to do so so uh what you got I don't know. I guess I guess I'll do kind of like I did with the previous one, except it's not something I like as much. So I guess a little more lump of coal as well with the the intro of this movie compared to the Mask of the Phantasm, where that one was just like off immediately. Where I was, it sucked me in. Uh, this one with it was just like a soft reboot of the '89 Batman intro. You got the same music. It was the same logo, the yellow logo, and oh, and that's another thing too. I thought it was funny. Coming back, like when they leave the bat cave and the bat wing, he has to fly through a giant door that has his own logo on the inside. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like who would, okay, it's like, it's like putting your name on the inside garage door so you can see your name before you leave the garage. Like, it just, I thought that was weird. And it maybe was maybe Batman's classic. having memory problems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's got a, yeah starting not to remember who he is yeah she's like well he's probably had a lot of concussions yeah that's safe to say hmm let's see here oh yep i am batman that's what i thought yeah <laughs> this makes sense now all right that'll end it this week come back next week we're doing another batman animated series movie uh, and this is one i have never seen so we'll see if john returns who knows we'll see if matt is feeling better who knows so remember to be kind rewind <laughs>